Welcome to Strongest on the Field Radio, where we aim to educate youth athletes, sports coaches, strength coaches, and parents on sports performance. internet this is Juan G today we got an episode with a friend of ours from the gym met her at the gym now uh, has moved here from far far away we'll get into all the details but just like in a traditional sense we're gonna go ahead and jump in Kimmy Moss what's up girl hi I didn't even know we were recording we're recording you gotta make sure you gotta talk loud enough so that uh, the sound picks up hello we also got big Big Joe next to us. Big Joe, you want to say hi? Hello. <laughs> Welcome. We just uh, finished a training session. Beautiful yard of Deuce Gym. Uh, Kimmy wanted me to add in the notes that uh, we are getting a tan yes. while we do this episode. Yes. I uh, bun brush her and she has no idea where we're going to go with this, um, which is great. Huh? Yeah. No, it's good and I'm scared. Let's go ahead and get started to say uh, who who are you, what are you, where are you from, what do you do, how tall are you, single, married, oh, the God. whole jam. We're just going for it. Um, I actually, okay, I really hate this question because I'm... Hi. Hi, TJ just came in. <laughs> um, I'm like... I'm 5'7", and I just moved to California from Virginia. Uh, I'm an enigma, okay? Like, literally, that's the best place, best way to describe me, but I've been an athlete my whole life. Um, I don't know. Where do you want me to go from here? Like, sports, let's, education? Uh, let's start with the why you moved here. Sure. Uh, originally, we had met. You came, went back home. You said, fuck it. I'm going to move here. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got some skills. I'm going to try to figure it out, and we'll probably go, maybe we can even brainstorm to, like, things that you want to do. Right. Forcing you to vocalize and verbalize it so it puts it out into the world and we hold you accountable to it. For sure. <laughs> Big reason why I'm here. Um, okay, so short story, which is going to be a long story, but I have been an athlete my whole life. Can you hear me okay? So you've been an athlete your whole life. Sorry. Continue. Yes. Like, seriously, at five years old, first soccer game I ever played in, scored four goals. It was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. I was always playing, like, sports every season growing up. I played on a really competitive club soccer team. We won seven Virginia State Cups, played Division I college soccer. Would you play? George Mason University, which is Division One, not like a bigger Division One program, um, but also in Virginia. And my sophomore year, actually walked on to the track team and did indoor track because I'm crazy and I just had the idea I want to keep competing. I played basketball all the way up through my junior year in high school. I did cross country. Um, I was always just like racing people, but I never did track before college. And so what ended up happening is you have five years of NCAA eligibility. And uh, I played my four years of soccer and then track pulled me in for my first year of my master's so that I could finish my fourth year with track. I know, we're talking a lot of numbers right now. Um, but anyway, I got into soccer coaching right away because like soccer, as cliche as it sounds, like love of my life. And it's fun. Like. I never wanted to stop playing. Like, to this day, I never burned out. And so, because I went into track, 
that fifth year when I probably should have pursued, like, you know, if, if there was a time to go pros then. And I was like, oh, I love the track. I love the community. So I stayed with them. So anyway, I got into coaching travel soccer um, and then enjoyed that. Went through the progression of player to coach there. That was kind of weird. And then I started on a whim. I played semi-professional soccer when I was 27. So this is two years ago. Just because the club, Loudon Soccer, that I coached for, they were like, hey, we need people for our semi-pro uh, summer league. Like, this is with, like, all the college athletes. So I was, like, the old lady who played. But the cool thing is, like, all the CrossFit training I had been doing and just general training, like... Engine, huh? Oh, my God. I was like, I'm ready to go pro. Like, I'm making a comeback. And then I got a really bad concussion. I, like, was, like, messed up for three months. Like... Never experienced that. Um, so you could be playing pro right now. Well, I, I like the good thing is it's like what if, what if, what if? No, I went to the doctor. I got like psychoneurological testing. I took like a five-hour test. Like, hey, is my head healthy to go? I'm serious about this. Like, she's gonna make a comeback. And uh, and basically they're like, hey, you you have some damage and like brought CTE into the conversation they're like do you want to be like those NFL football players not saying I'm there like everybody probably thinks I'm no I'm not a vegetable like I'm good but but basically like I was like hey that's the end and that's when my coaching really took off with travel my team started winning tournaments like a lot Uh, and then literally that fall I'm like heartbroken because I wanted to play again. I started, I got the job as the head coach for a high school soccer team. And in our second year, we won states. We actually swept, we won everything. And uh, so coming back to the beginning, like why am I here? I got to a place where I realized I wanted to apply the skills I got from soccer and just sports in general and put it on a larger platform. Like, hey, if you can do this, do you want to stay home and like win states year after year? And, uh, or do you want to, like, go do something bigger, better, and grow into that? It's just skill transfer. We'll get into that yeah. in a second. Let's go back to what is your drive behind sports and fitness? Like, um, maybe talk about your parents' influence in that, or why is there so much desire, burning desire, and effort put behind that? Okay, so... That's an interesting question, and I just want to say I did my homework and I listened to the podcast when you guys were talking about like what makes like a competitive athlete and like cultivating the fire and the you know the responsibility of coaches. Like you can easily blame it on a coach and say, oh well, they didn't like make it fun or whatever. And here's the thing about me, and it's kind of like scary, but like I was like I was like born this way. Yeah. And and that knowing that and like owning that now has actually like changed the way that I can work out and be at Operate. peace with myself and also the way I coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, it, you know, for example, and I feel like I have to kind of like follow up on that with coaching. It's so like anybody can push and be the slave driver. And, uh, and maybe there's like this like theoretical lens that I have from my master's in communication that I kind of like look at the meta community communication side of it but at the end of the day if somebody doesn't want to be playing a sport and like putting it if they don't have that innate drive to a certain extent then they're they're only going to go so far that's not for them that's not their good right right I, I view so if you look at my 
experiences. He was like, this, this was crazy. This was doing all these weird, difficult things. Uh, but now being a parent and observing kids more and in my own child, it's, part of it is it's you're born with it, and that's either your... Yeah, everyone has different gifts. And I would say my, like my coaching style, and you would say maybe your coaching style, is your gift and way to communicate with athletes. Right. And from like a parent's perspective, and I'm not there yet, like I hope to have kids someday. First got to find a guy, but it's like, <laughs> we're not talking about that. But uh, from a kid's perspective, and I coached younger athletes as well, it's, it's a delicate line between you want to see them do well like you love these these like kids like they're smiling it's amazing to be around them uh, and you want to push them and be that external stimulus and you should be but to a certain extent part of the art of like coaching that age group and cultivating like a young athlete is the ability to like step away after you've set in a good structure and like deliver yeah and let them like let them take ownership of that on their own because if they don't have that opportunity to like demonstrate or like turn that like quote unquote switch on on their own and it's like you're doing them a disservice because that is part of the development as an athlete and becoming a more competitive athlete and as a person yes right the transfer yes most people I mean, we can both kind of talk about it is not going to play pro right you have to take those skills and apply it elsewhere and right. make something else a competition right something that we've been recently talking about more is like your business is a sport yeah seriously it's just there's no contact and there's different rules right uh but so i would say still same principles like don't play just to participate and it's complex and like it's i think that's what complex. i like about it because like I think that's what makes the sport of soccer so fun is that you're constantly problem solving, but it's complex. You're on a team. Yeah. You know, there's like so many variables. And so seeking out other environments, business, you know, like trying to start a brand, uh, just doing anything. It's like if you can look at those things with the same perspective that you kind of looked at why sport, you loved yeah. and did your sport, then it's like, OK, that's awesome. But are you going to use that? Yeah, I, and I think and that's that, where a lot of people get stuck. That needs to be talked about more, and uh, I try to, in training sessions with youth athletes, talk about more. Yeah. Uh, because I think we've seen this, and I've experienced this a lot, where pro athletes come out of playing sport, and they're defined only by their sport, and they can only operate within that, not knowing that they have problem-solving skills and transfer it to other things where there's also the other side of it which is where people have come out of pro sports and now they're dominating business and you're right. like you've seen them make more money outside of their sport than they ever did playing for basketball sure. or football or well whatever. and then you'll hear people say like oh you know like this is even better i'm making more money and, and i'm like to get a concussion no but i'm like dude it's not about that like part of me thinks to be a really great competitive athlete and go far, like have longevity with the sport, like you gotta be a little crazy. Like you have to have this like fixed mindset to a certain extent that you are so locked in on your sport, on your craft, that you're willing to like shut out the world to do it. You gotta be a little selfish. Because you gotta, gotta sacrifice a couple of things. Yes. And then you read mindset, right? And you're like, what's well, up, Carol Dweck? And you're like, <laughs> Well, I would say you're 
you have to be open to analyzing feedback. Yes. Like, oh, I haven't played all season. Okay, maybe it's time to give up. If right. you know, I'm benched. I'm now getting older. I keep getting hurt. Right. I'm out. Like, uh, I, this is where I get into though. Like, isn't this more of like? This is like a life perspective, though. Like, at some point, people need to be able to face themselves and step away from like, I am not defined by my sport. And if that is the case, like, what are those skills from sport that maybe I do kind of like, you know, project myself as or or feel like that is my identity? And if you can't step away from your sport as like, oh, well, I'm so good at this, then you're only going to go so far. And I was always like, you know, I don't want to be that, I don't want to be that person who looks at my trophies on the wall and is like, hell that great season you know we won districts regions states I got the you know coach of the year for these things I had this great run in college I had you know I have all these game winner I have all these great stories but I never want to be that person who's like living in the memories and what's scary about that and I think maybe this is more like specific to people who have had a pretty competitive career but maybe not gone pro or maybe gone pro and that ended sooner than they wanted it's like at some point you have to face that and you have to be willing to, like, to step away from it. Mm-hmm. And be okay with not being really good at whatever it is that you're stepping into. Right. It's like, but giving it an effort. Right. Um, I view it as, like, the development of any of that. And I view it through the parenting lens a lot now, uh, is how well can you operate in anything? Yes. And I view it as I look back and try to analyze my own experiences. Of, it takes me about a year to figure out just, like, processes and systems and whatever I'm doing. So, like, for example, like, coaching introduced. Like, all right, I'm a coach now, but I don't really have a niche. I don't have a specialty. Right. Where do I fit in? And observing and experimenting with stuff. Experimenting with programming, learning, buying programming, and studying it. It takes X amount of time before you can start to it's like uh, start to operate. It's like when you first start CrossFit. Yeah. You're like, uh, okay, that TTB means throws the bar. Uh, muscle snatch, snatch, uh, what are all these things? And it takes you some time. Well, and, and like to have the confidence to say, hey, I, I want to offer a course or a class or teaching in something that I don't know anything about right or or you like you're learning about but you're like do I know enough you know whereas if it's like the soccer field or if it's like coaching oh, soccer you're like oh I've this is my it. shit you know what I mean yeah. uh, uh, at the same time this is something I talk about with new coaches and or uh, people moving to LA is at some point you have to analyze and give yourself feedback and kind of determine where you are on this totem pole of hierarchy of skills per se uh, to where you know enough and you have to execute and you don't need to keep learning you're never going to know everything about a certain subject by the time and I'll use a coach as an example by the time your athletes catch up to you you should already by then learned the next step or evolution. Yes. And that happens a lot with coaching and training. To like you, you know enough already. Right. You just start working on your craft. The, the details, the, the talking to people, the, the programming, it, it's, it'll get better. Right. But you can help people now. You can coach people now. You can 
pass on that knowledge now and at the same time you're going to learn and by the time they reach the cap that you're at now you can evolve again and continue that path forward yeah like for sure and it's like taking action it's just taking the step to start doing it that I think is really the hardest thing. Yeah. Especially if you've been an athlete. You have momentum. Like, you're in a game. You find flow. Once you're moving, like, you're golden. You're not going to be perfect, but, like, you get that momentum. Yeah. So with the coaching, yeah, moving to L.A., starting something new, it's like, dude, just start. Like, you screw up, you fine. You figure it out as you go. You know, like, if you have that natural competitor in you, like, you're going to figure it out. You're going to make it work. It's just you're playing the long game. You're not playing the short game. you got to keep that in mind. So, uh, going back to the why to LA, what is, um, what do you think you can achieve here that maybe wasn't available to you back home? Okay, so kind of two things here. Because um, this is rooted in I have conversations and this is not necessarily just true for yourself to where uh, people try new jobs all the time and you maybe see a cycle of people moving every year and you're like, right. hey, it's... It's you, not not the location. Right. So just trying to get out. <laughs> so there's, like, two things at play here. Uh, coming from, like, East Coast, we have beautiful spring, fall. Like, summer is not bad until it gets super hot and humid. Uh, I've been in Virginia, like, my whole life. But there's something about being by the ocean. And I never knew, like, I would have that kind of pull to a place uh, until I found XPT, which we can get into. Yeah, uh, but went to be, Hawaii. That's a cool do story. Yeah, but went to Hawaii in, in February and met uh, Gabby Reese and Laird Hamilton there. And uh, basically that, that changed a lot of things. But the weird thing is before even that, I read The Alchemist. This is going to sound silly, but I knew I needed to come to California. It was like I, like I was, like, shedding a layer. Um, and basically I needed to physically remove myself from a place that I was so embedded in mm -hmm. that I knew the entire soccer community. I mean, from when I was playing as a 10-year-old, the coaches I would play against, some of them are still coaching. Yeah. Or, like, you know, just, like, there's so much overlap. The soccer world is smaller than everybody realizes. And I felt like I knew this whole community. I could go to the grocery store, hey, what's up? Whether it's a student, it's a, you know, like, teacher, neighbor, whatever. Uh, so, like, I needed to physically break away to pursue this thing that's been digging at me for a long time since my master's of kind of intersecting fitness with philosophy in a way that gets people kind of like talking about who you are, why you do the things that you do. And not just about the squat. Right. And without without being like, oh, guys, come into my little intellectual corner. You know, like, like I don't want that. I uh, basically wanted to pursue something where ever since I got my master's in communication and started seeing things, started reading some, you know, like, classical texts uh, and just looking at life from a wider lens I came to appreciate sport even more for what it was and uh, it's so much deeper yes. than when you're an, an athlete inside of it I think when you're an athlete inside of it for so long right. you're like you're so defined by even your uh, position like on the field like I'm oh, left yeah. back and these are my angles I was the left and back, yeah <laughs> my left uh, sideline is my friend and the forward is going to be here oh, and yeah. my buddy is going to be there but then you take a step back and especially you've seen this when you go to the coaching side of it 
was like, fuck, dude, this is so many layers deep. Yes. That makes coaching so hard. Being the athlete is easy. But really. Well, <laughs> it, it's easy because you're just doing your sport. And I like to think when you're playing, like, like your body almost goes numb a little bit because physically you're, you're exerting that much. It's like a blessing that you get to be numb. But when you're coaching, like, you don't get that. No. Like, coaching a state final game, this is, like, this past June. And you can't control any of it. And I can't express those nerves, right? right? But, it, like, my girls need me to be strong. And I have them laughing before the game. And just, like, what I like about the complexity of coaching and all the layers is that there's that much more to focus on. And for me, that's part of the game. And so viewing coaching as like, oh, now that I have access to all these layers, I can enjoy this sport of coaching. Yeah. Even more than the game. You know, but I say that and it's like, there's nothing ever better than. But then you play again and you're like, fuck. And you're like, oh, God, this takes me back to like, (laughs) this was the best. You know, so like, but moving here was like, I needed to leave what was comfortable and trust that what I knew I could trust, like, bet on yourself. Put yourself in another environment and be like, hell yeah, girl. Like, go pursue out there. And being in this space in particular, which I just happened to drop in uh, in March when I was getting my XPT coaches certification, I drop in. I look at, like, a couple posts on Instagram. It's like, let's be real. Who doesn't, like, check out the gym a little bit before you, like, go drop in? Okay, maybe just me. But... <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I meet Logan, and after I had read, just glass? it was Embo. Full yeah. pregnant. She, she was a little pregnant. Well, it was March. Oh she yeah. She was pregnant. She was pregnant, but she was so kind. And I had like just read these posts, and I'm like, holy shit, these people like get it. They get it. You know, it's like easy to roll your eyes because we can read things, you can see things, and it's like, yeah, that looks good and great. But after one class here, not to, like, get emotional, (laughs) I'm always emotional, but one class here, I was like, yeah, they do get it. And they're very committed to the craft of, like, doing all the movements well, teaching it well, uh, creating a great environment, but also that, like, this transcends past the movements that we're doing in the workout that we're doing right now. And I just remember, like, talking to Logan for, it was, like, five minutes, but I... And, like, my voice was, like, shaking. I was like, I just want you to know I really <laughs> I really admire what you're doing. And uh, and it was, like, something clicked, and I knew no matter what, if I came out here and I came to this gym, that I would have enough to, like, fill my cup and feel full to go do what it is that I wanted to and do. And challenge as fuck. Yes. Like, it's not easy. I don't know if you notice every... Uh, uh, I'm I'm blessed that this is the only gym, CrossFit gym I've been at. Uh, I stopped by and I said, "Hey, I want to work here." And then he's like, "All right, these are the things you got to do." I'm like, "Okay," uh, but didn't in the and didn't know at the time and realized uh, what I was getting myself into. Like, this is my first CrossFit gym, so this is my oh, only. Wow. So this is my only experience. And when people talk well, about other shit, well, that's a good thing because I like, know other. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I just try to do my spoiled. gig. You're spoiled, Juan. Uh, and I'm fortunate to be around motherfucking operators. Yeah. That. Well, and that's part of it. Are always doing something. So then you feel it like inspires you and motivates like, you. Well, I got to do something. Yeah. I, like yeah. you're responsible for the next person. Yeah. And it trickles down, and I think. So, like, part of this is, like, you're the fourth person that's moved here from out of state. Yeah. To come to the gym. It's like, you're not special. Uh, Which is crazy, because I'm like, this is just where I come every day. 
And I remember you saying that, like, family. one of the first times I went, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... But I think I have that perspective because I've been elsewhere. Yeah. And uh, it's not, like, better or worse. It just, for me, was, like, the next destination in, in like, my journey. And there's something special about this community because, like you said, like, there are people around you. I mean, even the people, members are fucking killers. Yes. I don't know if you talk to people, but everyone you talk to. I'm like, to someone, that's your job? Yeah, oh they're, my gosh. They're the boss or major operations of something right. or very crafted in some sort of thing that they do. There's just so few places that you will get that kind of community all together. And it's like, you would be an idiot not to step in here if this is what you kind of enjoy to do. You know, just like training. To not put yourself in that environment. Because, like, I feel it. I feed off of... And maybe this is, like, from being, you know, a team sport athlete for the most part. Like, track, I love the camaraderie of the group, but it's not the same. You're running 800, it's like, that shit's on yeah, you. Yeah, the, the class <laughs> feeling is dope. You know, but, like, there is something about a community where everybody's everybody's doing their best that elevates you. That, like, yeah, the community does matter. And to stay in that community, you better be bringing something to the table. Yeah, I think there's a, a weight of responsibility that yeah. gets felt and the energy that gets felt, even as soon as you walk in through the gate. And if uh, you don't own up to it, then it's like you're going to be out sooner than later. A side story. Of, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and talked about this with Big Joe today. It was, uh, and I'm going to try to make my best effort about this is uh, when people come in and you have a really good feeling when there's like a lot of people in class and the energy and people are talking and there's babies and there's moms and there's coaches and there's personal training outside and there's strength over there. I'm right. like, fuck, it, we're going. It's like getting to high school lunch area time and you're like, yo, it's a party and people are happy and this is the best part about their day. That has transcended down to my son to where, like, in the middle of the day when I bring him and no one's here, he's like... It's like, where, it's like a letdown. Where, where is everyone at? Like, I'm trying to play. And that's just like a, a... You know how, like, older people or kids or toddlers or drunk people gives you the truths of life? And I was like, yo, he, he feels this weight of, Getting like... Getting hit with, with wisdom from your son. Yeah, yeah. of, like, yo, four, How old is he? Four? Four, four yeah. and a half of, like... We, as a community, not just coaches, like, the responsibility to each other to, like, yeah. yo, I'm going to hold you accountable. And that's what we got to we gotta bring the heat every day. And I was just, like, I crushed inside. I'm like, dude, that's I'm dope. Sorry. No, <laughs> that's but that's dope. awesome. Well, and then the cool thing is, the cool thing, I mean, it's, like, the good thing and then the thing that's kind of, like, scary is when you are, like, so in it, you know, like, you're running a class of a lot of different abilities, and, like, let's say your 9 a.m. is just, like, packed, and it's, like, jams are going, like, you know, like, it's on, but there's so much energy required to, like, make that happen, you know, like, you're, without saying it out loud, and this is where, you know, we can get into, like, the art of coaching, but, uh, without saying all these things, like, this form, or that form, or that person's, you know, that person's acting up or, or, like, slowing down or needs to get up to speed in the back of the class. You know, there's just, like, all these different yeah. variables. Without saying all these things, just being very direct and discreet and, like, making it happen, like, that requires a lot of energy. And so sometimes you almost take that for granted or, or not, right? But on other days where you're like, why isn't it that effortless? And it's like, yeah, it's a daily oh, yeah, thing I'll that you got to do. Oh, yeah, I get crushed by the end of the day. You would see me at 6 p.m. I'm dying. 
<laughs> but it's fun. I mean, what the fuck else would well, I be doing? I know. It's a good feeling. What it's else a good would feeling I do? to be that tiring. Yeah. Uh, like today's class was a perfect example of that. You yeah. got a bunch of different movers. Uh, I'm sounding off. Like, like coach, hey, right. lighter, heavier, faster, put that down, uh, lockout. <sighs> All right, good enough. Okay, we got to start the time because it's a 30-minute yeah. workout. Yeah. And go and make sure no one dies and make sure everyone got attention. And yeah. And feels like they got coached and yeah. pushed and whatever they require for that and day. It, and it's a lot, but I think it's pretty, you know, like, it's, that's fine. I, I can't complain. Uh, let's go back to your soccer team. What okay. do you attribute the success to? Were you just lucky? Was there a lot of groundwork being done? Uh, maybe the buy-in, the culture from the girls? What did that whole environment look like? What, Looking back... So, for my high school girls. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there was a massive learning curve that happened from my first year to my second year. That, uh, I mean, it's like, I, I kind of feel like sound like an asshole for saying it. I kind of feel obligated to say, like, yeah, it is a little bit of luck. Like, it is a little bit of luck. Sure, it is a little bit of luck, but it's like... I mean, you could also blow it. But I'll be damned and be like, I put in some serious work from the first season to the second season. So let's go back to the luck. Why Why luck? You just had some good talent, a lot of good talent? Um, we, we had some good talent, and we had... Enough. We had a couple very special players, and we had enough role players that we could field a team of 11. You know, because, like, sometimes you have holes. You have some, yeah. like, studs, and it's like, but you're missing a left back because Juan's to, not there. You try to hide him somewhere. Right, or you're missing yeah, a good goalkeeper. Where am I going to hide well, we, this we, lo- we lost our, like an incredible goalkeeper who's like played with like Olympic development team national team uh she didn't because she was playing ECNL the next year and it was like oh this player's leaving and uh god that's another discussion like all the leagues with soccer but we won't go there but um the goalkeeper who was there like my players were that bought in and What's interesting is the first year that I was coaching, I was taking over for another coach. So there's still this element of, well, we used to do this, and we used to do this. And as a new coach, you kind of want to compromise a little you're bit. In a, you're not that much older than they are. Is that a factor? So you can use it to your benefit. Hmm. And initially, this yes. This is where we use our show me coach. Yes. Like with our athletes, it's like, yo, I love you, but I'm going to show you up. Right. Like, I don't need to get on the line and run 120s right. or run 300 but shows. But, like, I will and I'll kick your ass. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I don't even hold back saying that. It feels good to say that. And it's like, I'm going to say that in my head. But the coach before me had a very different style than my coaching style. And it was like, I'm the dictator. You're going to listen to what I say, and this is how it's going to go. And like we talked about before, especially with kids, like, you have to get them to take ownership to a certain point. And that doesn't mean from the start that you're just passive and it's this, well, like, laissez-faire. Like, can't. no, you got to set your structure. Yeah. You better lay it, you know? And, like, being young. Yeah, I'm 29. I feel like I'm not, like, that young. I guess I'm young enough. Or people are like, okay, you're, you're, you're 29 already? It's like, what are you trying to tell me here? I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but 
they do come to you and they are willing to disclose whatever and, and, and approach you more so because you're young and maybe you for me because you're a female you listen to the same music and I still know things that are like culturally culturally relevant yeah. like I can like call them out on like taking selfies when they think nobody's looking or doing stupid Snapchat stuff. Right. Or like, oh, you know, what's that on your neck? Or somebody's wearing these long-ass nails and it's like, are you trying to, like, scratch a girl on the other team? I mean, somebody had, like, God bless this girl, Katie. She's never going to listen to this. But she had, like, super long nails. I mean, just, like, disgusting. She's graduated by now. She's graduated, whatever. She's, she's an adult. She's playing D1. Uh, so, like, so when it comes to luck, it's like, no, because there were pieces, and I think what happened is uh, I maximized the shit out of those pieces, mm-hmm. and we had a team that was, like, collectively, just like Deuce Gym, we're elevating each other. We got to that place where there was that level of accountability. It's like there's no going back. Like, the standard was there, and they knew from my perspective, like, I get excited talking about this, is like, you meet it or you don't. And there's a very fine line. And I always like to tell players, you know, if, you know, girls, like, step off the field, they get emotional, they don't handle things, they don't respond to adversity the same way that guy soccer players do. And I don't want to say, like, it's always that way, but... Generally. But generally, like, the girls are going to bitch about it for a little bit. And so, basically, I always came back to with them, like, did you execute or not? Yeah. And, it, and if you didn't, then quit wasting energy bitching about it and let's do something about it. And so I got them to kind of, like, turn yeah. over and, like, channel quicker. And, you know, you got to stoke certain fires to get players to be confident. But keeping that simplicity about it, how I would deliver things with them, was, like, that was the structure that they kind of thrived off of. Uh, and then building their confidence as well. But going from that first year to the second year, first year... I was more willing to listen to what the seniors said. Well, we did this last year. Okay. If you did, you know, breakfast on game days or whatever, cool, do that. If you'd rather morning practices these days, do that. So my team lost in the region, second round of regionals my first year. We won the regular district season. Had a great season. Uh, Have they traditionally been a winning team? They had, they had won states once a couple years prior. Uh, the funny thing is I remember the first year that the school opened because I played them from my high school, oh. Broad Run. And it was like, how, how soon are we going to get slaughter rule? We beat them in like 8-0. It's like if you score eight goals before 20 minutes are left in the second half, they call the game. Yeah. We'd make jokes about it. Like, hey, we want to go watch American Idol or something stupid like that. can't believe I just said that. But, uh, like, they had been a pretty consistent team, but it's like, do you show up on the big stage? Like, no. Uh, aside from states, no. They had been successful, but it'd be like, you know, get into regionals. The, they're missing the, the, the push, the to, execution. To of, execute at the highest, you know, the pinnacle, like, when it's performance a level, there. When it's a yes. Level team. And I'm like, that's what we play for. Like, I, I said to my girls after we won the regular district season. Now it's game time. I said, warm-ups are over. The game just started. You know, but, like, they were so bought into that. And when we lost in regionals my first year, it was because, like, the team had basically, they were spent. They physically were done. I remember the tryouts the first year. I had them do a full-field suicide. It's like, you dumbass, Kimmy. You know, and I think I even have, like, a video of this on Instagram, and I'm, like, cackling in the background because I'm like, it's so beautiful. But I learned so much about how to coach them and 
it's a matter of survival once you're in season of keeping your players as healthy as possible. This is exactly what I talked to you about, Kimmy. Doing, I so know, once 80%. you're fit, once you're fit, it's, the game is recovery. Right. The no, game is it's not more fitness. Exposed. Exposed. So I've been telling Kimmy on Thursdays she needs to get the fuck out of the gym and rest. I took a There's rest. A limit. It helped. Once you get to like fucking fit level, whatever that means to you, it's too complicated to explain now. The game is, the pro athletes, everyone, the game is who can rest better. Yeah. And make it to the end. And having that discipline to say, like, yeah, I could do these sprints or I could do this stuff, but it's like, why would I do that? And ultimately, that mentality of we need to, we need to focus on from day one, our goal is states. Like, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. So what I learned was we had to approach every game in the regular season and then even in postseason leading up to, you know, state finals of, like, we need to do this in the path of, like, least resistance. Like, it's we don't need to slaughter like, teams. Oh. You, you still kind of You just did. need to win enough. Yeah. And the training thing, which, as a coach, and once you become and a I straight get coach, into that. you yeah. learn. We're like, you don't have to kill yourself every day. No. Uh, there's a science to it, and you can go harder, you can go softer, you need to regulate it. You need to understand the science behind it, right? Yes. Like 80% or 75%, you're cruising, you're good. Yeah. You can operate at that level. When you need to go to 100, you can do it. And then if you need to go to 100 for X amount of time, you have the capacity to, you're not dead. Right. It's easier to put your foot on the gas when you still have gas in the tank. Yeah. Versus if you are, like, lead foot in that thing and you're out of gas, it's like, how are you going to get out of it now? And so this is where, like, my experience, having done CrossFit, I mean, level one, level two, whatever, you know, but, like, I, I coached CrossFit for about three years. Um, and coaching, like, youth soccer. So going into this high school and then my own training with CrossFit, which started basically, like, fall of 2012. I went, like, a period of, like, six months after college sports where I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not an athlete. Yeah, what is this? Yeah. Right? What am I going to do, bodybuilding? I need a structure. I need structure. But going through my own injuries at the tail end of my college career and realizing, like, hey, what is the goal here? It's not to kill yourself every day no. in the workout. It's to go win a state it's title. It's not go to regionals. It's not go to the games. Right. Me. Now, we, no, right. We're getting old. But this is the hard thing <laughs> in me. Even though, like, you know, CrossFit is like, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Who's lying is it anyway? You like, I, like I know that, but, like, I can't help it. Like, if I yeah. can go, then I'm going to go. But being in an environment where people say, like, hey, today you're going to cruise. Well, Coach Juan yelling at me to sandbag it, making me not, but let, that not letting me lift the weight. Yes. He's in the way, literally physically in the weight <laughs> to where I can't go and lift the weight. Cause asking a question, <laughs> asking a question, like, you better be able to speak this, otherwise I know you're going too hard. But, but like, all of that. Coaching lends into like your ability to have gone through it and hey, then Kim, you look like shit today i think i need you to see i always look it. like i always look like no shit, there's <laughs> some days where i feel like i'm like feeling fresh you come in and you're like uh oh yeah shit, you should not have come today yeah so, so kimmy's still learning how to be aware of her body but I, I, it's like it's like one of my one of my greatest strengths is like also my biggest weakness i will burn out if i don't 
like, have someone to tell you this yeah stuff. yeah but I know that about myself now so you know at 29 I've learned do you want to continue coaching anything yes soccer crossfit uh, outside of that lifestyle or is there anything that's calling your name yes so like ran- not random side note but just going back to when I did you know pursue getting my L2 which you're an L3 L2 is like Psh, girl please that's nothing but I would love to pursue something like that someday. I would love to get back into coaching GPP, CrossFit classes. I love that. I was at a place like three years ago where I thought, I'm looking into like buying a gym. Like I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and coaching just like GPP or CrossFit or having something to like push myself in physically, those are like pieces of my life. Like I, the animal that I am like needs that. But I wouldn't be complete with those two things. So I think what's... Do you get pulled more into the gym or soccer stuff? Because at some point I had to make a decision. I I didn't have enough time for both. Soccer wanted me to train. Like, you know, I I had two travel teams and a high school team. Like right now, it would be easy to go to soccer. So this is like where there's like games in my head. And we're talking about skills that you apply from sport into like life. Yeah, but it's not a negative thing. No, it's not a negative thing. But... I know myself well enough that I'm like, okay, you could go coach soccer. Do you want to keep doing the same thing? I think I'll come back to it at some point, but I'm stepping away from coaching soccer for a little bit. Yeah, I because haven't, I haven't decided. My son's going to play soccer at some point. And you're going like, to... do I... Do and do I, you want to coach? Do I let someone else... Especially at a young age, you're laying the foundation. It's fucking like, hard. Like, it's special. I, well, luckily, it's sacred. Luckily, I work with nine and ten-year-olds. Luckily, I'm surrounded by good coaches to where I can be like, hey, Kimmy, when my son turns eight, right. I want you to take him over because he's not even listening to me anymore. And I trust you. And it's a good thing, right? yeah, like, to be so able to have that, whole, like, separation. Luckily, I have the network of, like, I, I can now choose I'll start coaching when your son is eight. <laughs> I actually like coaching boys, but... Um, yeah. No, I, I think for me, the first thing that I would get back into is coaching uh, CrossFit. Uh, and, like, and like regularly. Are you thinking about doing coaches prep? Yes. Part of the reason why... I'm, like, I'm a, like, game time kind of person. For better or for worse. If I fail, I fail. But I would rather be here and do it in person than... And like and I know the online is great. It's, it's just different. like you're like it's you're different. like it's a you need to you're like a visual learner. Yeah. Like I need to see things. I'm kind of like I need to do things. No, like I need to be I engaged need to in things. the process. So that's something that I want. Uh, but I'm like really pulled in this area of like kind of combining my interests and kind of showing athletes, hopefully, that there is this perspective. Not that you can just have but that you can see things and go do things beyond your sport that I hope you are aware of and feel empowered to go act on and you don't have to be a commentator for that sport by the way yeah that's not what Kimmy means no like you do not have to be involved in that sport anymore yeah which is crazy uh I, well I I guess mine's a so I do the strength training for soccer players now, so I kind of get to be involved. Yeah. Uh, which is maybe my well, this fake is where I my, wanna... my fake way of still being. But in I want to ask you: Is that sad? It, it, and it's got to be satisfying because, like, you know your stuff, and the kids are thriving. 
but what is that like compared to coaching soccer? Like with the strength, doing the strength for them versus doing the soccer. I don't know if it's because not a lot of people are doing it or it gets me excited because I would say I'm a pretty high-level soccer player and I can bridge the gap between both of them. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I mean, I'm not that old. I just turned 28. But starting to think about my legacy and lineage that leaving behind of, like, every athlete I get to interact with, I'm helping develop. And maybe there's the, the second offspring to that to where each of those people can then carry the word of, like, yo, we're not just soccer players. And even if we are just soccer players, there's a physical development to it. Oh, yeah. And a mental development to it. Uh, I don't know if you ever stayed to watch me coach the soccer players, but I'm, I'm pretty mean. I'm pretty aggressive on how I talk to them, but it's to prepare them for the field stuff. Well, yeah, and even like the reaction stuff that you do, you incorporate drills where like they have to do it on the fly and like figure it out on their own. It's not go from A to B. It's like no, you have to, like, do something on the fly. Yeah. Like, there's that, like, spontaneous kind of component as so well. So I guess there's a couple of factors to why it's fulfilling for me. It's like yeah. I can bridge the gap. I think I can bridge the gap. You're or still it, in connection with the sport. Right, which is not fair, but fair. No, it is. It's uh, necessary. Why else would you do it? You also, know? I feel like I'm a pioneer as a strength coach in the soccer world. Like, football does it all the time, right? Yeah. Basketball kind of. Baseball, I would say, does it all the time. No, but, but you've seen the chicken legs of, like, a... Fuck. <laughs> I well, hate to say it, but the calves. I mean, you, you've seen my players like they come in and they're small and they're they're kind of fast but then they run with me and like well coach is like 200 pounds heavier than me but he can still move and he can squat I'm like, oh, so I can be stronger, yeah, and injury prevention. Well, and if and you look at the women's national team and the size of them from the team that was, like, my heroes, like me and him, Michelle Lakers. They're way bigger now. They're, everyone's getting bigger and bigger They're and bigger. way bigger and they're stronger. Oh, oh, wow, they're now doing great. Okay. They're doing great. And so I will say, as a female, coaching female athletes, you know, like, eating disorders do pop up. Yeah. My high school team never had a problem with that. And it's because I went through my own baggage when I was in college, and I was like, oh, hell no. You are eating to fuel yourself. You need to eat enough. You know, and I'm like, that doesn't mean, like, go to the store and, like, go eat a gallon of ice cream or, like, go, like... But I was like, but if you feel like dessert, like, eat it. And make sure you're getting good, like, balanced meals. And then you start to talk about, like, you know, macronutrations. It's giving, I think, the the society now to where... It's becoming more, like, regular be to be a regular size. Yeah. You can yeah. be muscular. You do not have to be skinny. Although, like, side note, it pisses me off. And maybe it's like, Kimmy, what's wrong with you? But I'm, I'm like, it's not about the aesthetic. The aesthetic's like a, like a, like a benefit. But people, like, I'm ordering a coffee in Starbucks, and they're like, oh, what do you... Like, this is, like, when I moved to L.A., and I'm like, isn't everybody here fit? And they're like, oh, your arms. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I do CrossFit. And then I'm, like, blushing, and I was like, what's wrong with you? Like... Just people I, notice that because we know what it's like to, like, do the whole process. And and I guess, yeah, you know, like, it's okay. I, I take that back. It, it's still hard. Like, uh, even sometimes I question myself to where my close circles or the people that I grew up with, I can't convince to do CrossFit. And I'm like, am I failing if I can't get my closest Your mom, circle yeah. to do it? And I'm trying to convince other people to do it. Um, 
And what gets in the way is what they see and, and their perceptions based on what they see. And it's like, but hold on, just try it. Just feel it. Yeah. And I think it's, that's in the heart of coaching so as well. It's hard to describe until they, they do a workout and uh, they experience and feel it. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Joe. Joe's the only person yeah. in my older class right now. And it's like we're trying to figure out how to market to older people. Uh, Joe's 71. And he's killing it. He's ki- he's fucking jacked. But yeah. to explain what we would do in here to someone new, especially at that age, it's and, almost and, like and a lost the, cause. You have to get and, them to just buy. Yeah, it and, and the try. perceptions that they have, and right. then you come in and you look at me and you're like, "This is the guy that's gonna coach us." Uh, well, and that's where it almost like fuck, turns. A, it works against you almost because they look at you and go, "This guy's a." F- uh, so uh, we've been talking about with Joe, like, yo, send me, he wants me to send him all the stuff that we do so that he can market it to his people. Okay. Right? So maybe when it's coming from him, they feel like, oh. It's a little different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And once people start doing it, though, they like, well, yeah, I'm in. Uh, which is the same battle with buy everyone. In. Yeah. Buy-in and education. But then don't you think to a certain extent, just like there's this, like, inner fire in, in anybody to do anything? Like, the fact that you're pulled to it isn't that enough to like go do it and maybe if you're like absolutely like this isn't my jam like I I don't even want to like be around this then okay you can exist and I can exist over here there is a little bit of wiggle room not a little bit there's that gray area of like this would be so beneficial like please come try this kind of but I've gotten more aggressive to where people are like trying to do health. Like this is what you. Well, tra- yeah, that's. This is what you have to do. Bodybuilding is not going to save your life. And I would say that's the game changer right there because if they're willing and interested in pursuing fitness, it's like, no, 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 no. You need to try this. Yeah. You need to try and this. It's it's difficult because you can't want it more than them. And this is I what know. Logan talks about all the time. So even as much as you want to convince people, they have to, at some point, look in the mirror and go. All right, I'm I'm gonna give it a shot. Yes. And, and I'm gonna experience it, and I'm gonna suck at it, or I'm gonna get good at it. Well, and accepting that that's in their power as a coach. It's hard. That's it's that's hard. one of the like, hardest things I, about coaching. I walk around the world like to like have that of, grace and say okay. And I'm just. And like, I'm not gonna let it get to me. The other hard part that is that was a game I've changer gotten, in my coaching. I've gotten bigger, so then people are like scared. I'm like, oh, so you're just gonna get that big? I'm like, no. You, I'm doing something excessive. Like, what I do is not healthy. By the way, everyone, what I do is not healthy. I'm trying to get really big numbers on my lifts. That's not the health result for for general fitness. But, like, that's... Obviously, you know, that's your goal. You don't have to explain it because, like... A little bit, though, because people see yeah, me work yeah. out, and when they think they're going to work out in my class, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's like, that's absolutely not what you're going to do. Right. You are 10 years away from doing that. If, and, if you ever get there. Yeah. And we're getting at, like, where, like, there's this huge discrepancy in between what people see and what they're, like, willing to go do or try. Just, like, that is the fitness industry. Yeah. You know, like, and it's something that it's so easy to say. Just, like, you know, I get frustrated in a Starbucks or a grocery store or anybody. You know, I'm getting my nails done. And she's like, your muscles. I'm like, Pfft. I was a soccer player my whole life. I didn't even have upper body muscles till you know, six years ago. But but the ability to say, like, okay, this is part of the landscape of how we communicate about fitness, and I can accept that. And as a coach and somebody who gets it, like, 
I have the power and I have the responsibility to now communicate back to this individual in a way that is welcoming and open and make sure that they understand that until they try something, then they can't really judge it. Yeah. Like, I did a bodybuilding show once just to say I did it. That's cool. And now I'm like, yeah, that's not healthy either. Right. (laughs) You know? Right. But it's like that experience lends itself to being able to guide others in a better way. And I think that's kind of what I arrived at through coaching. And it's my drive as a coach to keep expanding because that's going to add to what I can provide. Yeah. I've uh, been playing a social experiment with peers or friends. Jokes. Jokes jokes in of uh, describing CrossFit without saying any key words. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's absolutely something I would try. And then, like, well, that's, you know that's CrossFit, right? Like, yeah. So the first one's like, all right. Like, well, so getting with, caught with, up in the stigma of the word. With PTs. Like, the PTs are a big one. I'm like, all right. So if you were to pre- prescribe fitness, it would be broad general fitness, right? Like, a little bit of cardio, right. a little bit more strength flexibility, all the 10 physical attributes, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah, let's all get all technical, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, that, that, that sounds good. That sounds fucking great. And then, so, in order to fight uh, accommodation and, and keep progressing forward, would you, as a PT, use a, a variety of movements, like yeah, compound movements? They're like, of course, cool, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you understand energy systems, right? Like, different gears, yeah. essentially, or how we process nutrition, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guess what, motherfucker? That's CrossFit. Oh, God damn. That's GPP. Well, when you describe it like that, I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, there's bad PTs, there's good PTs, there's good boxes, there's bad boxes. Yes. There's good gyms and there's bad gyms. And Ultimately, you have to try it to be able to judge the, it. The, the, one of the greatest things I appreciate about CrossFit is my L3, which... That's cool. Because of it, it allows me to have... That's really impressive. I just thank you. Uh, have conversations like that, because um, even as much stigma or how much people talk shit on CrossFit, it has allowed me to have a high level of understanding to where I can dumb it down the way I just explained CrossFit. Right. To where, like, without using all these fucking words and functional training, blah, 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 we can get to the same point. We're both trying to get to the same spot. Yes. Except we've been weenies about it. And we shouldn't treat old people like that. Like, Joe, I kick his ass. I don't know if you watch him, but he's using the safety bar to do a bunch of shit. Yeah. And kettlebell swings and assault bike sprints. And I'm, like... And you take out that shock factor of, like, there's an older gentleman doing weight training. It's like... Yeah, why not? Like, that's my, normal. I would put my money on him on, than anyone else getting off the floor. Yeah. Who's going to be stronger? It's like, take a, a team who's been lifting weights versus not lifting weights. Right. Let them fight it out on the field. Who's going to win? Right. All, all technical ability, like, equal. And this is where, like, even with soccer players, you see their warm-up before they start a game, right? Or you see their warm-up before practice. How many times you see the two lines yeah. and the girls are doing the little scoops and stretching their claws? Some of it is good. Yes, some of it is good, but that's where, like... But then they get, like, lazy about it and they're not really moving through it to warm-up. They're just moving because you have to be in sync. You have to look sharp during the warm-up. So that's where just having a basic strength understanding, you can get them doing single-leg movements. You can throw in things like chase the and rabbit. this is where my Project Speed has come in. So yes, like, and this 
those things that my girls did or like even before the warm up have like people hopping and then you have somebody that like at random is going to shove them on the side when they're jumping on I'm, one I'm foot I'm still waiting for uh, a pro soccer warm up to have like yo, can we have a squat in there it's okay to squat it's okay to go into full flexion sit at the bottom of a squat move around gain some mobility uh, soccer players are some of the tightest motherfuckers I've seen I know it trickles you into can't your life. You, you can't touch your toes, this. and you think I'm tight because yeah. I'm muscular. And and it's just like normalizing these like different ways of going about warming up the soccer player, training the soccer player, giving them it's strength. New, you but know? at the same time, and this is where I feel like my responsibility as a strength coach comes in, is it's not the soccer coach's fault because they don't right. know that they know tactics and. This person can see that and see whatever, right? right? And this is where I'm trying to get in grassroot market, and it's fucking uh, animal to tackle. But take the resources I know, and since I, I get some buy-in because I'm a soccer player, I'm like, right. hey, this is how you should warm up your soccer players. Right. And so I'm like, I'm slowly getting there, starting to op- open up coaches' eyes. They're like, oh, we don't have to do fucking open the gate, close the gate. We can do other stuff. And just like what happens with people in the gym, they experience that. They, God forbid, I feel better. This is working. None of my girls blew an ACL, got seriously injured this year. Oh, right? Like, this stuff's working. And so the question, like, back at the strength coach then for youth sports, soccer, sports-specific, that kind of stuff, is to what extent is that sport coach responsible for, you know, also being somewhat literate or, like, to what extent literate and familiar with the strength and conditioning? Yeah, and this a, is where I'm biased because I am. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not at your level. I'm not at your L3 level. <laughs> but not even that. Just, you know, all the different exercises that you yeah. know. You know, you're, like, well-versed because you read this stuff. You consume it all the time. Yeah. Just like I consume classical text on philosophy because I enjoy that kind of stuff. But... The idea that, like, yeah, there is space for us to kind of come both ways. And that as we're creating this new standard for coaches, coaches are more aware of we need this growth mindset, right? We need all these things. And and they've now become almost too good at, like, talking about it. And and I'm saying, well, show me the results. Just like you're, show me, coach. You know, so just like they're willing to expand this mentality component, they also... Like, I'm sorry, you need to understand the strength and conditioning. Yeah. You need to understand we're it on a fundamental level. Like, we're still on, like, the frontier of it. That's why... Like, and it, it, yeah, it opens up an opportunity for you to educate. Yeah. And set up classes now for, you know, this is Juan's right soccer now, strength and conditioning. Well, right now, certified. I'm, I'm hitting up coaches that I know. I'm like, yo, let me let me run the first half of your practice. Yeah. Let me educate you on the... the, the the physical side of your athlete, and then they can then take that take around with it. Yeah, and, and but that's I'm powerful. Willing, I'm willing to give you fucking everything for free. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like I'm just trying to fucking take over LA right now with like, yo, we need to to train differently and just create yes. monsters. Yes, and 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 doing it in environments where they are going to be able to test it in a very real scenario. Like they are going to be able to go play in. A travel soccer game, you know, versus like Cause it can just mean, pick yeah, up so or you know, mean, like uh, a scholarship or not a scholarship. It can mean right. you playing, not being hurt longer. Right. It can mean you're not blowing a knee out, and then you you can maybe go play pro. Right, and you have longevity in your sport that much longer. Which at the end of the day, like, isn't that what everybody who loves something wants to do? Yeah. Right, you want to continue doing it. Um, 
Yeah. Um, all right, so we're about an hour now, so this is probably going to oh take gosh. us another episode. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, I could it's, talk it's for fun. days. <laughs> uh, where do you see yourself three months from now? Okay, three months from now. Uh, In detail, what are you doing? Are you 10 pounds heavier? Are you squatting 400? Are you playing soccer? Are you coaching? Are you beating Lacey at workouts? That's a tall order. Um, so, three months? Three months. All right, three months. By now, I've launched uh, this thing that I've been building for two months that I'm kind of working on. Uh, Are you talking about it, or is that top secret? No, it's not top secret. I'm, like, letting it out now. Uh, called Rhetoric in Motion. Mm-hmm. Like, I am basically trying to develop uh, a curriculum for a way where people can come and practice and and become more aware like learn uh, about communication in a way that they can apply it to parts of their life just like you come to the gym and you learn about movements and you apply those movements to live a healthier life for your body and uh, it's just very important to me that like we look at communication and our ability to see things from a lot of different lenses and understand these complexities and not deliver in a more complex way, but have that many more tools like in our toolkit to say, hey, this is the goal of connection in the message that I'm sharing, because we all talk with each other. I mean, unless you're living in the woods, you know, and there's just so many different platforms for communication and there's so much potential for all of us to get better at it and be more connected that I, I want to start something with that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's initially going to start with just me sharing on, on Instagram, like just launch my thing with that there and then grow yeah, into classes. And You're going to be on social media, girl. Oh, God. But Sorry, you know, it's the game. But at, yeah, but it's right, game, right. So it's it, the landscape. You have, have the, to. If we have the responsibility and the power to do so, let's make it positive. Yes, that's, use the that's, tool. That's what we talk about at the gym. Like, yeah. oh, what about this social media thing? Look, motherfuckers are going to look at it anyway. You might right. as well make it good for them. Well, it's a channel and people are there and you're going to reach out to more people that way. Right. So, Anyways, let's, yeah. side note, the, the end goal is we all want more, like, connection in person and craving that. And, and just, you know, like, you have fulfillment to have healthy, out of your life. healthy relationship just, like, with food or uh, yeah. alcohol or whatever advice might be. And it doesn't have to be just one way. Right. But it has to be healthy. What about uh, a year from now? Um, okay, so a year from now, I will have, I, I forgot to say, in... A little over a month, I can enroll in coaches. Nice. So, welcome to the fucking me, jungle. Uh, yeah. Where else do I want to be? <laughs> and I'm getting better and fitter here. And uh, in a year, I'm now traveling across the country, and I'm doing seminars for my rhetoric Yeah. And and what I hope will expand is like that there are classes. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it goes into seminars, and then who knows? I, maybe I, I coach soccer again at some point. So. Kimmy, where can we follow you? Um, on Instagram. What is it? It's Kimmy period Moss. And oh. then I got my rhetoric in motion. Uh, so the computer's going to die because it's really hot. So we're going to very abruptly cut off. But this is probably going to be maybe a second episode follow-up on the accountability side of it, huh? Yes, part two. Kimmy, thank you, girl. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Make sure to check out the Deuce Athletics and Gym blog with daily knowledge bombs written by our coaches. Our Coaches Prep Online is an interactive course to learn not only how to be a 
coach, but to demonstrate what real leadership is. Free trial via prep.deucegym.com. Use code word SHOWMECOACH on the Deuce Gym Pro Shop to receive 15% discount on your whole order. Keep an eye out for Project Speed camps near you. And as always, for questions, comments, concerns, or features, email us at radio at deuceathletics.com.